the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hello and welcome to this hilarious, exciting episode of Worldview Media Podcast. We are here to discuss the Netflix original series, Stranger Things. And there have been Stranger Things happen on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I urge you to stand by after the podcast for a short blooper reel. <laughs> Courtesy of your host, I have, I have not been drinking. Your host, Demo Gordon. <laughs> With me in studio are two ladies who spend most of their time in the upside, upside down. down. There you go. <laughs> you can't just keep laughing. I'm not, I'm not laughing. Keeping it together. All right. And uh, this is my wife, Joyce, who's trying not to laugh. Hello. And our youngest daughter, Reagan. Hello, Reagan. Hello. And I am your host, <laughs> Gordon Runyon. That's right. 100%. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you knew how much fun we were having, you'd know it's probably more than is available in this series. <laughs> <clears throat> no, we're talking about Stranger Things, and it really is a, a pretty fun little show. It's eight series on net or eight uh, episodes on Netflix right now, with a new season set to premiere later this year. 2017 and let's see let's recap this just a little bit it's a little bit of a complex story but at the center of it you have a missing middle school aged kid Mm -hmm. and we come to find out early on that he's been kidnapped and taken out of this world actually by a monster that the kids call the demi Gorgon. Ah, yes. And he's pretty nasty. And uh, there's kind of shades of the movie Alien in there and stuff like that. But big bad villain. And then after the kidnapping of this kid, the story kind of proceeds on three tracks. You have a adult track and a teenage track and then the middle school track. And on the adult track, you have the kid's mom, who is... Another Joyce? Yeah. Not quite as lovely Joyce. Joyce Byers is the mom of Will Byers, who was kidnapped. I believe she's played by Winona Ryder. That's right. And she kind of goes crazy with the loss of her boy and uh, has a hard time making it through. Well, she's a single parent, too, so she's got yeah. a hard time anyway. Yeah, so she kind of obviously looks to everybody else like she's cracking under the stress. 
<clears throat> and coming to her aid is the local sheriff, Jim Hopper, who had his own young daughter die due to cancer, and that we learn over the course of the series that that tragedy probably wound up destroying his marriage, and, and he kind of descended into some troubles with alcohol as a result, but he's on the job now, and he's helping Joyce Byers look for Will, Willie, Will. <laughs> they might have called him Willie. <laughs> All right, so that's the adult track, the sheriff and Joyce trying to find the boy. And then the teenage track is Mike's older, or, or well, wow. we haven't introduced Mike yet. But the teenage track is a teenage girl named Nancy. And... She's kind of a rebellious teenage girl trying to figure out who she is in the world and all that. And she spends a lot of time trying to figure that out in relation to this uh, too cool sort of guy named Steve. who's very popular. Mm -hmm. And she's not as popular. He's very popular. She's very smart. Yeah, she's a bookworm. And then... Will has an older brother. Yeah, the missing kid, Will, has an older brother named Jonathan, who's a good photographer, kind of a recluse in personality and kind of withdrawn. And Yeah. But he's he turns out to be a better guy for Nancy to be with than too cool Steve. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, that's the teen track. That's the teen track, and they eventually begin looking on their own for Will. And then you have the other track, which is Will's three friends, and they're kind of the stars of the show as far as I'm concerned. Or The scenes that have those three boys in it are the most fun. And, uh, And these guys are Mike and Dustin and Lucas. Now the thing, the weird thing that happens at the first then is a uh, a girl their age with a kind of a shaved head or very severe crew cut head kind of seems to escape from somewhere like she's been held captive somewhere, and she's not she doesn't talk very much, mm-hmm. can't talk very much at first at least has well, a very she doesn't communicate really she has a very limited <clears throat> vocabulary and she's kind of learning words as they go along. And but she quickly turns out to have maybe something's off about her, and turns out she's got like uh, psychokinetic powers. Mm-hmm. She can do lots of weird things with her mind, and she has bad guys who are government agents chasing after her. Are they really government agents, or are they just people working for the labs? Or she? Well, I was under the them? impression that they were government. I think the labs were in a government facility. They okay. they weren't soldiers or anything, but I think they I think they mentioned they were the lab was Department of Energy, DOE. Mm-hmm. And so the DOE has got this secret lab where they're doing weird things and it takes kind of the whole series to figure out the depths of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure we even get it all figured out by the end. Yeah. 
And so those are the three tracks, and each group is kind of using their own means and their own tools available to them to try to look for will. And I would just say, to start off in an overall sense, I think it's super well done. Uh, the storytelling, I think, is really neat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just did a bad job explaining a complex way of telling the story. <laughs> but but they keep it all together, and it's really good. And, and then eventually all those three tracks intertwine and mm -hmm. join. And Work together to try to solve the situation. Yeah, and so it's really good. And and the other thing that I like that a lot of viewers have liked is that somehow they really made this movie or this series, it felt like a conglomeration of a whole bunch of really popular movies from the 80s, and it had a really strong 80s feel to it. Yeah. And Well, that's the other thing about it is that it's it's the time setting is different than yeah. what you might think, and um, they they did capture that really well with the... the the scenes and the clothing and uh, just the real feel of what that was like. Yeah, I, you know, you and I were teenagers in the 80s, and so that was like our heyday era. But I, uh, if you wanted me to make a 80s movie, I'm not sure what I would put there to say, oh, yeah, this is classic <laughs> 80s, <clears throat> you know, but uh, yeah. but they did a good job and of that. You know, especially the the track with the three friends, it felt like every movie from the 80s, you know, uh, E.T. and mm -hmm. uh, what's the other, Lean on Me, Stand by Me, Stand by me. <laughs> <laughs> felt a lot like a song, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, or yeah. the, the Goonies, or yeah. uh, Gremlins, it had that, everything had that kind of feel to it, so it was... Uh, it was really pretty interesting. So that was my take, that it was really well done. And I think the other thing that it did really well is it spanned a gamut between being really funny and cute in places mm -hmm. and then becoming nearly like a really horror dark. movie yeah. and uh, where it was actually scary and terrifying and stuff. And uh, and it would, it would run that gamut within the same episode. You yeah. know, there would be places where it's just super funny and... So, for me, I really liked it. I I'd kind of recommend it. There's no cussing or, you know. Well, there's a little bit is of there? cussing. It's mild. Okay. Well, it didn't strike me. I guess it for didn't stick with years, me. For your sailor years, it probably But you know, there's no in this in this series though. There was no you know no explicit sex or anything, and and the violence that was there was kind of comic book kind of violence. So. Well, some of it was a little intense. So uh, well, think. yeah, in terms of the horror movie yeah. element of it. Yeah. I mean, it was monster violence and yeah. stuff. <clears throat> so anybody else want to give kind of overall impressions if I haven't said what you want to say or or what? What did you think, Myron? Well, I liked it. I wasn't really sure I was going to like it because it is kind of different and just with the where the time is set you know sometimes that's kind of hokey <laughs> and more contrived but i think this really um it fit it nicely uh -huh. for the time frame they were looking at i think the characters were really very believable i loved the the friends the three friends um their interactions were just really 
honest. You know, it seemed yeah. like they were three friends, three young kids that, you know, are just being goofballs trying to figure things out. And so that was really, really good. And then, of course, with the addition of the of the little girl that yeah. is just kind of like, well, what are we going to do with her? Well, let's take her home. <laughs> yeah, right. So, Which is weird enough. You've got these three kind of goofy, uh, nerdy boys who probably don't have much they're probably weird dealing with girls anyway. Yeah. But then you bring in this girl and as far as we know her name is Eleven. That's what she says her name yeah. is. And they start calling her L and and she's not just a normal girl that would be they'd be weird enough around anyway, but she's got weird things going on and and so it makes it even weirder for them trying to interact yeah. with her. And you get you do get to learn a little bit more about her backstory because yeah. as they're looking for um, answers, will <laughs> and answers, they uncover some other information yeah. about the doctor, and so yeah. it really is a really good good series. And yeah. I was real happy to hear that they're doing a season two. I wondered, kind of left on a bad note. Well, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just like, well, okay, is this over? Or do we have <laughs> yeah. room to go right. farther? And so it was. Uh, it left thing. on an ominous note, I guess. Yeah. All right, Reagan, you have anything to say? I liked it. It took me, well, just generally, it kind of takes me a little bit of time to get into a show. I'm not a huge person to start new shows and then finish them. But I, I actually did make it through this series, and it picked up pace pretty quickly. So it was yeah. easy to watch and interesting to watch, and you just wanted to keep on watching. Yeah. <laughs> it was some good storytelling and good characters and chemistry between everybody. And right. right. I think there were some interesting things that happened that every episode that would make, make you, say, you oh, what's yeah. coming next? <laughs> right. Yeah. They were good at that. It's a well done show. All right. You ready to take our break, and then we'll come back and talk more? We'll take a break. Okay, we'll take a break. Here we go. Stick with us. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. And we're back. We're talking about Stranger Things on Netflix. And we're at the point of the show where we start taking the media in question through a comparison with the biblical five-point covenant model in search of worldview material and to figure out what is it that's being preached to us through this story. Now, the first point of the biblical covenant is transcendence. And we start speaking here about 
who's really in charge of the world in which this story takes place and how do we know that who's the ultimate lawgiver who's the creator are there characters who are redeemed and how are they redeemed because that points to transcendence as well and so here in the movie or in the series stranger things uh I'm open to being corrected if you guys have anything for me, but <clears throat> I feel like it's the the movie is kind of based on a theory of materialistic naturalism. It's kind of uh, very scientific evolution. Uh, evolution it doesn't play a big role in it, but I'm saying that's just kind of the worldview, an evolutionary worldview. And then we start talking about theoretical multiple dimensions and stuff like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. But I think <clears throat> I think that whole melee is there's no I don't think the series points to anything really being in charge other than you know this is just the way it kind is. Kind of a random. And, yeah, just yeah. randomness. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd have to agree with you. Uh, as I was thinking about you asking the question, I was like. <gasps> Uh, <laughs> because there really isn't um, there isn't anybody in charge you know there's nobody that is giving them direction it's just they, they kind of stumble along and hope for the best and uh, even with the little girl you know as we go through the series we kind of realize what happened and it was just all very accidental that this other dimension the upside down <laughs> was opened and made available to um to these regular people right. to access. So I think it's just, um, you kind of want to say, yeah, somebody's in charge, but no. There's no sign of <laughs> that, yeah, really. Not really. Maybe next season we'll see something. Oh, right. Right. <clears throat> but as of right now, I think it's pretty... Kind of secular. Random, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it is really heavy on science you know it's nothing that they can prove but it's stuff that they're doing in labs and right uh with this little girl and how she came about being and her powers and um they're always doing experiments on her yeah so yeah i'd have to agree with you very naturalistic view yeah the only thing that i think in on this on this note is that one of the thematic things of it seems to be that you can't trust anybody in power or you can't trust anybody who has authority. And I get that from the way the three friends, for instance, they they quickly decide we can't tell anybody about this. We can't tell our parents. We've got to hide it from them because they'll just mess it up. And and it's pretty obvious they're right about that. Yeah. You know, and they're just going to, if the parents do get a shot at figuring out what to do with Elle, they'll just turn her into the authorities, mm -hmm. and that's the wrong thing that's to wrong do. That's the wrong place for her to be. And I don't even think they realize that themselves. I think the focus really in, with them in the beginning is our friend. You help us find our friend. Yeah, yeah. And I think they develop a relationship with Elle and then realize that, oh, you're in a bad place. Right, right. And so that... that they're wanting evolves her. around, yeah, but it's mostly on the focus of their friend to begin with, and even with the the mom Joyce, uh, she knows something weird's going on, 
And she's trying to tell everybody herself, and nobody right. believes everybody her. Everybody just thinks yeah. she's crazy, kind yeah, of writes they her think off. She's She's cracked, you know. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, she lost her son, and she yeah. will never be the she same. Went off the rails. She's yeah. destroying her house. And <laughs> <Yeah. those toys. laughs> so that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I almost felt like that was thematic that the people that you would think you ought to be able to trust and and look to for help in this world, you really can't. You gotta, with the lone exception being the sheriff, maybe. And I think he comes along reluctantly. I think he kind of says, wait, there is some weird stuff going on here. Right. Yeah, I'll help you. I don't know where this is going to lead us, but I'll help you. But even he, as he gets more right, you know, as he uh, deals with things in a better way as the story goes along, that means rebelling against authority. You know, he's got to paint outside the lines in order to... Right. Figure anything out here. And he's not telling anybody no. what he's doing. That's right. Yeah. You know, I think he actually breaks into the lab and yeah, kind of sure. says, wait, this is really weird. <laughs> <Right>. In <laughs> so, violation of all sorts of rules and laws yeah. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's unfortunate. I felt like uh, the transcendence thing really isn't a thing. It's It's kind of a secular yeah. Backdrop for everything. But even saying that, I don't think there's anything wrong with questioning authority figures. Oh, right. Sure. You know, you or can't. Or not trusting them. Yeah, you yeah. can't just blindly accept what anybody tells you. Sure. You know, you have to know what you believe and what you think and why you think those things. And I think that's really just a problem in our society right now, period, is that too many people say, oh, yeah, that's that's true. Right. The government says it. It must yeah. be true. It's on the internet. Right. <laughs> Our government would never do anything they horrible. They would lie to us. Right. Yeah. Which is prevalent. And and so, as far as that goes, I'm glad to have stuff like this series that kind of keeps perpetuating that idea that, hey, just because they've got authority doesn't mean they yeah. right. know what they're doing or anything like that. In fact, they may even be in on it. Yeah. Which they turn out to be here. Okay. So then that kind of leads to point two of the covenant in terms of hierarchy and representation. In the biblical covenant, we we know that God is the transcendent power, but the biblical covenant places men in positions of authority where they represent God and his transcendence. And so in the Bible, you get like kings and priests and prophets and pastors and elders and uh, moms and dads and uh, stuff like that in order to uh, that's the way society is ordered that's the way the covenant is ordered so here in this story then if the transcendent power is the sort of stuff that we've just been talking about who kind of embodies that or represents that and for me, I think we've mentioned a lot. I think it's a thematic thing. It runs through a lot of them. You know, uh, the teenage girl, what's her name, Nancy? Mm-hmm. She's got that idea that she's going to have to pursue this mystery on her own. and Because one of her own friends gets kidnapped by the monster, too. Mm-hmm. And so she's looking for Barb. Barb, yeah. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and she does it on her own with help from... Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, Will's yeah. brother, and 
And then you have Nancy and, like we said, even the sheriff, not Nancy, uh, Joyce and the sheriff mm-hmm. and then the three kids. And so they've all, they all kind of represent this thematic thing. Well, for me, I really see Elle as that representation. Oh, Elle herself. Yeah, yeah. because, you know, she is that experiment that has caused all this stuff to happen. And, and the more you look at uh, what her story is. And it, for me, it's sad because, oh, yeah. you know, she calls this doctor guy dad and she wants to do anything she can to please him. And and he hates her. You know, yeah. he, he certainly isn't like a father figure. And right. uh, so it's her her plight is really a little disturbing for me. But I see her as being the representative of that uh, naturalistic society because she's. She's just something that's used to further yeah. the agenda right. of, of whomever yeah, those in she's, power are. She's got nobody yeah. when right. this begins. right? Yeah, that's very interesting. I think that's probably right. Do you have any other ideas? I'd, I'd agree with you. Okay. And then the third point of the covenant is ethics. In the biblical covenant, this is where we get our, get the laws. You shall do this, you shall not do this. And it explains the responsibilities of those who are in the covenant. So in the media, we kind of, you're rarely going to find a movie that lays out a law. But one of the ways that we've found to kind of discern what's going on is to ask about major moral or ethical uh, dilemmas that are faced by our characters and, and how they seem to address those. And I think the... I think one of the real easy ones to look at is the one we talked about where Joyce, the mom of the missing kid, uh, really has an uphill battle to try to get anybody to listen to her. And mm-hmm. and really, I think part of her dilemma is having to deal with questions about, am I crazy like everybody else thinks I am? And yeah. <laughs> You know, I think that my missing son is speaking to me through blinking lights in the house and yeah, stuff like right. that. And, yeah. And uh, seeing things come out of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so it really does become a moral dilemma at some point when you're challenged like that because you have to have such a you have to have a grasp on what you really believe to be real and what is not real. And that at the bottom that's an ethical or moral dilemma. And she faces that in a way that, again, is consistent with the with the other worldview stuff in here. She's hanging with her perception of reality in spite of what everybody around her is telling her. She's not just going to trust what trusty, trustworthy people around her yeah. might tell her. Well, and then during the series, they actually produce her son supposedly and say, well, he's dead, you know, Oh right. Yeah. They to try just, to trick her. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's not here anymore and here's his body and you look through that window at him <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, so yeah, that's, that was a really difficult place for her to be in yeah. and still say, no, I'm not going to believe, I'm not going to trust. Right. Especially when her son and her ex-husband all, and the rest of the town. Yeah. I was like, it. Oh, we're so sorry. Right. <laughs> well, because that, that's more believable. I mean, who would create a fake son? <laughs> yeah. You know, who would do that? And where's this place that your other kid is? And how did he get there? Right. And, yeah. Right. Right. Well, for me too, a similar sort of thing is faced by the three friends mm-hmm. because they believe they know something that nobody else knows. And, 
and that kind of because their imaginations are willing to move in areas of alternate worlds and fantasy lands. Yeah. And, uh, but they know that the adults aren't going to go there. And so they're very willing to believe the truth about where Will is. And and they know nobody's going to do this but us. And so that becomes a moral dilemma, you know, uh, hiding these things from mom and dad and mm -hmm. stuff like that. That's all. That's a pretty significant moral issue. Yeah. <laughs> hiding this girl who says <laughs> that this is her story and stuff. And, well, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she really shares a lot about herself with the, the well, boys. Well, right. She know. doesn't say much, but it's obvious that well, she's yeah. got... <laughs> it's obvious that things aren't quite normal. Yeah, so. right. So interesting. And the other moral dilemma I think that is faced throughout this series is the teenage girl Nancy and her infatuation with Steve that mm -hmm. you kind of, I believe you're supposed to get the hint right off the bat that this guy's not going to be good for her. And right. Her mom's telling her. Her friend's telling her. Her friends her. are yeah. telling her, you need to watch what you're doing. And she's yeah. rebelling just for the sake of rebelling in certain places and. I think by the end of the series, she kind of gets that figured she out. She figured and, that, yeah. And I think even that character changes a little bit yeah. through the process, and maybe he's not quite the same guy he was at the beginning. Yeah, the too cool Steve. Yeah. He, uh, well, I was just reading online that apparently he's going to be a, a a normal, regular character in season two. And mm. he kind of finds a little bit of a heroic streak buried underneath all the coolness and stuff. <laughs> all the hair gel. <laughs> yeah, the hair gel. <laughs> right. So. Okay. Any other ideas? Ethical dilemmas? I think something that has struck me is that the place where uh, Will goes is the upside-down world. Is it yeah. just, dimension. It's just okay. another dimension. It's just upside-down. And that He's he's in a place that we really don't ever really see. Yeah. But the people that are looking for him, their worlds really get turned upside down on this side in that trying to find him and and holding on to know he's really he's somewhere and we have to save him. And so that that upside down component <laughs> really kept them right side up here. Uh, oh, you know? Yeah, that, interesting. Yeah. That that was just like, hmm. You know, it wasn't just on that other side where he was. It was yeah. actually here as well that it was upside down. That's interesting. Kind of metaphorically uh, parallel there that the only people who are right side up are the ones who believe in the upside down. Yeah. Right? The underside. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't sit on their undersides. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. So that's pretty cool. And then, let's see, we get to... Point four of the covenant was sanctions, and if you keep the rules and you do what you're supposed to do, what's the result in this covenant? Or if you break the rules, what can you expect? And so, as we're looking at fiction here, we start wondering: do the do the characters are they rewarded according to the way the world works, and, and how are they rewarded? Uh, well, obviously, they find Will at the end. Right. But it takes 
on many points. It takes a willingness from all the characters to risk themselves. Uh-huh. And uh, there's a lot of either defying death or being willing to die in order to get Will back. And, well, they they yeah. all have to combine their forces. So it's not just the kids doing this. It's not just the adults doing this. Yeah. They all have to work together to get him back. Yeah, once they kind of join back up together, I feel like there were all these individual pieces of puzzles, and once they came together, kind of yeah. everything sort of fit, and all the little pieces that each of them had found came yeah, together. Sense. Right. Yeah, and so there's a big reward or sanction by holding tough and and believing what they believed and mm-hmm. not being swayed. They finally got Will back. So that was a good thing. Yeah. And you almost felt, I almost felt like there was redemption there for the sheriff as well. Uh, you know, at the end, he's not drinking like he was at the mm-hmm. beginning. And Well, and I think you see that for uh, Will's family, that they seem stronger at the end and maybe more normal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Is that crazy? Well, They're more, more open. Yeah. Well, they just seem more together. Yeah. It's not as fragmented, their, their yeah. home. And That's right. It just seems more normal, you know, a right. mom and her kids, and sure, same kind of problems and stuff, working, school, all that, but they just seem more normal. Yeah. Okay. And there were bad guys who wind up getting what they mm. deserved. Did they get enough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a thing to be thought about. I mean, most of them, the bad guys I'm thinking of, wind up dead here in this world. Right. I almost felt like it would have been poetic for them to have gone be trapped in the upside know, down. Upside down. <laughs> the upside. Yeah. You don't want to be trapped in the underside. <laughs> so so but I thought that would have been yeah. just and yeah. right. They're the ones who open up the portal to this horrible place. Maybe they're the ones that should wind yeah. up there, you know. Well, and I think you see that uh, the character L kind of taking responsibility for all this stuff happening and saying it was my fault. Yeah, it wasn't her fault, though, well, in but a that's, moral sense. Yeah, that's yeah. how she kind of saw everything. And, you know, when she gets rid of the, the demigorgon at the end. And, yeah. And then, you know, so it doesn't seem like she gets what she should deserve because... You know, she's just kind of been a pawn in this whole thing. And none of it was her choice or decision. Well, that's what I was going to point out. In a a judicial sense, in terms of criminals getting what they deserve, no, she didn't get what she deserved. But there is a real sense. And what what Reagan said was right. She spent her whole life being a slave. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, slave in the strictest sense of the word. Yeah. having no autonomy, no ability to make decisions for herself. And so for her to for her to win the final battle by making that choice that she's going to sacrifice herself mm-hmm. in order to save her friends that yeah. she never had and or you know that she never spent her life knowing what that was. To me, I felt like she did find freedom right there at the the last. It was a, it was a bit that didn't last very long, but <laughs> you know she did express her freedom and yeah, and she took control where she had been controlled and uh, right. and she took charge over the thing that had 
scared her for yeah. however many years. And, uh, so I felt like she, she kind of did win the day. And it also made me realize it's kind of commonplace in our movies for heroes to sacrifice themselves. And I just kind of wonder if that would be true if it weren't for Christ and the Bible. Yeah. You know, I, I think that if you read like pagan literature, like, uh, the like stuff coming from the early Anglo-Saxons and uh, Vikings and stuff like that, stories of the ancient gods like Thor and the Greek gods, you don't see the gods sacrificing themselves. Yeah. You know, they're they're harsh and cruel and self-centered. It's it's really only after Christ comes that now it becomes a noble thing. It's to, heroic to it, yeah. sacrifice yourself The hero the is the good. one. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think it was, I forget who it was, this is on a different topic, but the first Thor movie that came out, if you remember that, mm -hmm. where Thor was denied being in charge of his kingdom like he should have been until he could prove that he was worthy. Yeah. And the way he proved that he was worthy is his willingness to sacrifice himself for for weak people around him and stuff like that. And, and once he showed he was willing to do that and die for other people, then, then he was exalted to the throne, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, But original Norse thunder god Thor never did anything like that, you know. And so the fact that, the fact that it's a thing now that good guys, heroes, sacrifice themselves for their loved ones, I think that's a totally Christian concept you know and the people who write these stories i'm not saying they have that in their mind in the forefront of yeah, their mind but that's where it comes but from. it's it's there it's yeah. part of our culture now yeah and it's part of the dominion of christ you know that storytellers today who are not seeking to honor christ write stories that hearken back to the right. sacrifice of christ yeah and another instance of that sort of dominion that I like is the fact that this is completely different, but <laughs> I love this. <laughs> this is just going to be stupid for me to even mention, but I think it's neat how Caesar used to be such a nightmare guy to Christians, you know? Yeah. He was the ultimate big bad guy, Caesar was. Yeah. And now... For Christians nowadays, Caesar is a type of salad, you know. It's a dressing. <laughs> it's a dressing. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and to me, what does that say? Dominion of Christ. You know, he's reduced, he was reduced these, this ultimate bad guy that terrified his people for Into centuries. Bowl of lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now the only time we say his name is when we're ordering a certain type of salad. And, yeah. Uh, I just think that's kind of funny. And, and I just feel like the... Uh, the kingdom of God is like leaven that you don't know how it's spreading through the lump of dough, but it does. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it does without you even trying to make it do that. Yeah. And and this is an instance, I think, just this prevalence of self-sacrifice in our heroes. I think that's a, a Christian concept that's permeating how the whole world tells stories. Yeah. So praise God. Well, I'd agree with that. But I still don't think she got what she deserved. <laughs> oh, no. In a judicial sense, that's true. Judicially. So, or it doesn't yeah. look like she got what she deserved. 
Right. I guess we don't know the type of story that it is. It's, it is that it's open-ended. Yeah. She's gone from here, but does that mean she's gone completely? We don't. Kind of hard to say. I would guess no. <laughs> <laughs> you think she's coming back? <laughs> I mean, there's another season. I think we're gonna see some more supernatural. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe we'll see eleven again. Maybe we'll meet a twelve. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I always wondered about eleven. What does this mean? Does that mean they've kidnapped ten other babies? I don't know. Uh, wow. Well, but you know, that's something to think about too. That idea that here would be the government actually kidnapping a baby and running experiments on her for you know what is it 12 years probably by the time this show starts yeah and just using her uh that's what you get with a secular worldview where if you have the power to do a thing then you can do the thing yeah. and Might there's nothing that stops you makes right yeah yeah if i can do it yeah and that kind of is all over this show, too. Uh, the only rule is what you can do and get away with. Yeah. Know, whether for good or ill. Mm -hmm. And I think you see that a little bit with the story of uh, Elle's mom, her supposed mother. Oh, yeah. You know, that she said, no, 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 I had a kid. No, you didn't. <laughs> right. Your baby didn't live and whatever. And then they tried to do the same thing to Joyce whenever... Yeah. Yeah, right. She well, was kind of it? on the same track you know, as so, Joyce. And makes me think they've probably done that a few times. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. That's right. Yeah. Interesting storytelling there. Okay, so we get to point five of the covenant, which is succession. And this is where we ask the question from what we've seen of the story, how is this world going to go on? Are there going to be changes or. What do we see in the future? Now, there is a second season coming, and this season ended on a pretty icky, ominous note with regard to Will. Not everything is right, right. with there's Will. Right, there's still some repercussions. <laughs> you may have an alien thing going on, you know, <laughs> something growing in him, looks to me like. and So, uh, that sets up the need for a new season to... Yeah continue telling that story but like you said i think there were family relationships that were obviously mended and and also the relationship between nancy and jonathan and steve all together because might. there was some conflict between yeah. the three of them yeah and now it's kind of at the end of the season you could see oh they get along now like things are a little better yeah yeah, will the romantic drama continue to be there? Oh, you gotta or... have that. <laughs> yeah, how I love trying. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have that. Or are they just an older version of the of the friends now? I don't know. I I actually don't know. I don't necessarily want to see it turn into a dramatic love triangle. Actually, yeah, I right. think Jonathan and Nancy are good for each other as friends, and yeah. I think if that progressed kind of naturally without the writers having to force anything, that would be good. But <laughs> I yeah. like, I think it's good where they are now. Yeah, I think that's probably right. And is there a future between Joyce and Hopper? Hopper. Hopper. That almost looks like, well, duh, it has to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, can't they just be friends? <laughs> <laughs> right. But the issue, where do the, where the conflict comes from is of course that, that bad lab and the bad mm. scientists that were in charge of it. 
as far as I can tell. That's your meaning. A lot of you know, <laughs> a lot of tax a lot of tax money is going to go toward fixing things up at the lab and and probably restarting experiments unless something continuing whatever they were doing. If there. not those experiments, then other ones. Yeah, because you don't really see the any implications for the lab. Right. Negative. Other than the yeah. individuals. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing negative against the corporation. I worked for the Department of Energy. Well, actually, the uh, that's wrong. <laughs> I, the when I was in the Navy and I was a I was a teacher at a nuclear power prototype in Idaho. Uh, the DOE ran that whole facility, even though the Navy was there. The DOE was in charge, mm-hmm. and there were a couple of times late at night on the mid shift <laughs> that I. Uh, I and sometimes a friend of mine wouldn't have much to do and we'd start exploring in this facility and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there were guys, there were guards with guns walking around and stuff. And I found some strange places. I mean, not like stranger in this. <laughs> I didn't find that kind of stranger thing, but there was more to that place than met the eye. Yeah, than what you would expect. Deep cavernous underground facilities that they didn't tell us about. I found some of that, you know, and uh, and now this is being sent and now out I'm just all saying the it. airwaves. All right, we're cutting, we're cutting this part out. <laughs> and we live in Mexico. <laughs> right. All right. So this has been Bill Evans for the. <laughs> uh, anybody else have anything? Okay, so we'll go ahead and end just encouraging you to listen to the media you listen to. You almost can't escape it in our world. But listen to these things with covenant ears and and be watchful. And not just because you're scared of what you might hear, but because as we sit and analyze these things, it really should teach us how to go on and be storytellers. Mm-hmm. You know, we are supposed to be preaching a worldview too. Mm-hmm. And... In all our creative endeavors, uh, let's get that done. That's part of extending the kingdom of Christ. Extending the word of God to every area of life. All right, so we'll see you all next week. God bless you. Bye. Bye. Hello and welcome to this exciting episode of the Worldview Media Podcast. Shouts and cheers. Shouts and cheers. <laughs> uh, this week we are talking about the Netflix original series, Stranger Things. <gasps> and with me in the studio are two ladies who spend most of their time on the underside that ain't right. <laughs> What's it called? The upside, upside down. down. <laughs> that ain't right. <laughs> the upside down. <laughs> oh boy. Good start. Good start. <laughs> and I am your host, the big bad Demo Gordon. <laughs>
Oh boy, let's try this again. <laughs> you guys spend a lot of time sitting down. <laughs> You're crying. <laughs> you guys are no help. You're the one doing it. <laughs> Mess up on both. <laughs> what is it? It's not underside. It's, it's, it's upside down. Upside down. <clears throat> well, mom said underside and it confused <laughs> me. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Demi? Dem, demo. Demi. 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 Demi Gordon. Demi. Demi. Like Demi. a demigod? A demi, demi Gordon. Gordon. Demo Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs>